Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the show, World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. It is great to be with you uh, on a Wednesday that is a chock full of Premier League football, which is the way we like it. And it has been a wonderful week full of Premier League football. We do have more tomorrow. And this weekend, we have a full slate of Premier League matches ahead of us. Uh, some huge results today in the Premier League. We're going to get to it all. Before we do, I would just like to point out that we are presented to you by betonline.ag or online sportsbook network and experts and that all the odds and predictions and money lines that i give you here are courtesy of betonline.ag now important for you to know monday through friday 6 p.m pacific 9 eastern i'm here with you every day to talk the beautiful game then again midnight pacific time 3 a.m eastern time on sports overnight america we'll do it again just for the fun of it uh, so that you have plenty of outlets. We are the most widely distributed soccer show in the United States, and we are also coming to you on the American Forces Network, so I would like to greet all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on that network. It is such a pleasure to speak to you daily. Uh, if you're listening on one of our digital platforms as well, whether that's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning Sirius XM app, or our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, uh, podcast network. Uh, it's great to have you with me. You can find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber. I have not been banned, I'm happy to say. And Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Radio. Also, I haven't been banned there either, so you can get me at both places. Now, I'm going to make some bold predictions today. So the chances are good that I may get banned at the end of the day. But I have been watching the Premier League unfold. I've been watching what, for me, is one of the most important facets of the Premier League, of professional sports in general, by the way, not just the Premier League, which is momentum. And I'm going to make some bold predictions for you today. You may not like them. You may love them. But I'd love to hear from you. Again, Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash world soccer radio i'm going to step aside take a break and we'll be right back to kick it all off here on world soccer radio don't go anywhere Welcome back to World Soccer Radio, and you know the Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking to place a bet on any of the sports currently going on, and there is the Premier League, the Champions League is about to start up, of course all the European leagues are ongoing, uh, the Europa League, we've got the Euros coming up, uh, NBA, college football, thank God, is over with. Super Bowl, though, coming right up. Go to betonline.ag, it's the best and only place to lock your bets in on. They've got game spreads and totals. They've got team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Plus, they've got this online casino, which is a load of fun. It's open 24 hours, just like the casinos here in my hometown of Las Vegas. It never closes. Head over to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. 
and make Bet Online your online sportsbook experts. And I do like to tell you, please bet responsibly. Make betting on sports, which is a lot of fun. And I'll give you an example. For today, uh, I probably wouldn't have been all that interested in the Tottenham-Fulham match. But I had a little wager on it. I didn't do well with it, but I didn't have a wager on it. And that made it more interesting for me. But when I say a little wager, I had a little wager. Because sports betting for me is fun. And it's not a lifestyle. So keep it that way. Okay, look, there is lots of stuff going on in the Premier League. And I do want to welcome you back to World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. I'm going to be making some bold predictions today about the remaining... 21 games in the season because there are a lot of matches left to play we are 17 matches in for United and Liverpool and Leicester and Everton and Tottenham and just about everybody with the exception of Manchester City um Burnley Fulham and there's a team that's actually only played 15 games that's Aston Villa but they've had some issues with match cancellations but I've seen enough at this point that I am getting a very clear picture of the title race, where it's going to go, who I think is going to win. And you might be surprised with what I have to say to you today. And I hope I'm wrong. I really do, because I'm a massive Liverpool supporter. And by saying that, you can figure out I'm concerned about their ability to repeat this season. But I think we're going to have a hell of a title race this year. I think it's shaping up beautifully. Plus, on the reverse side of it, we're going to have a really, really interesting relegation battle going on right now where I think Burnley, Brighton, Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield all fighting for their lives. I think Sheffield's done and dusted. They got their first win, by the way. Congratulations. And I believe... I think I might have actually picked them to win. I didn't pick, print out my picks for this last week. Fulham, who come off a huge 1-1 draw at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against Tottenham, have a really, really difficult match ahead of them against Chelsea on Saturday. On Friday, just a programming note, I will be giving you my patented Pundits Premier League prognostication and preview show. So you can have a lot of peas there. And I'll be joined by a very special guest from betonline.ag. We'll be talking about why some of the money is where it is on these matches. So it should be a lot of fun. But if we go down into the relegation zone, Sheffield United had a horrible match against Tottenham at home at Bramall Lane. West Brom face Wolves at Molyneux. Fulham hosts Chelsea. I mean, if you think about it, I don't think that could be uh, a worse fixture for Scott Parker to have to deal with. Um, even though it's at Craven Cottage, I'm not sure that uh, that's going to help them all that much. We'll talk about Chelsea in a minute. And um, Brighton, Brighton are going to be uh, going to Ellen Road and playing Leeds United. So. It's very, very tough and down at the bottom end of the table. And then Burnley have a huge match at Aston. Is it at Aston Villa? Yeah, it's, uh, pardon me, at West Ham. Burnley have to go to London and play West Ham United. So all the top, the lowest uh, five teams 
the lowest 25% the Premier League have absolutely horrible fixtures coming up this weekend. Now, if Newcastle, who are playing Arsenal, can beat them, and right now that's going to be a tough ask. Newcastle on a horrible streak right now. Arsenal, a bit of the opposite on a three-game winner. But if Newcastle could get a result against Arsenal, they would put some distance, and they may be able to start breathing a little uh, more comfortably. But that's kind of a little overall preview, the sort of top level, the 10,000-foot preview. We did have a number of games this week. We did have a number of games already. Uh, Manchester City eke out a 1-0 victory against Brighton. And interestingly enough, the problem that Man City have this season is their lack of ability to score goals. And this is something brand new from them. From them, They've always been a prolific goal-scoring team as long as they've had the Pep Guardiola era. Scoring goals has always been something of their trademark. The reason that currently they are where they are in the table is because defensively they are doing... It's almost a role reversal from last season and the season before, where in the <clears throat> battle for the title with Liverpool, if you remember two years ago, City won the title by one point. And last year, they lost the title by more than that. But if you looked at the goal differentials, uh, why don't we do that? I'll tell, tell you what. I'll take a look at last year. Uh, uh, Liverpool scored 85 goals. City scored 102. And Liverpool went on to win. The year before, City scored 95 goals and Liverpool scored 89 and City won by one point. You know, last year the gap was substantially more. It was five points. Defensively, Liverpool were better than City. They scored less goals. I mean, pardon me, they conceded less goals than City. They conceded less goals uh, last year in the year they won the title, and they conceded uh, less goals in the year they came second. But they didn't quite score as many goals. And, and again, last year, the goal differential was enormous. City had a plus 67 goal differential. Liverpool had a 52, which, by the way, was by far better than third place in the league, which was Man United with 30. So, I mean, you're talking about the two runaway leaders here. So Man City always been prolific goal-scoring team under Pep Guardiola. However, however, this season, it's reversed. You have to go down to 10th place in the league to find a team that has scored... Excuse me, uh, that's incorrect. Uh, you ha yes, you have to go 10th place in the league to find a team that has scored less goals than Manchester City this season, and that's West Ham United. Think about that for a minute. Man City right now are three, four points from the leaders United. They have a game in hand. They've not lost a match since the 21st of November of last year. 
They've won every single game since except for two they've drawn. Yet they have not scored more goals than eight of the other nine teams in the top ten. Pardon me. Uh, yeah, eight of the other nine teams in the top nine. You've got to go down to solid, bang, mid-table to find a team that has scored less goals, and even then, only by one. And, if I might add, West Ham actually have some very, very good statistics, and one might look at their, t their table position and say it's because they haven't scored enough goals. The key for Manchester City this year is that I have to go take a break. Oh, only five seconds. I'll pick it up on the other side. Right, welcome back, World Soccer Radio. Uh, before we get on with the rest of the show, I wanted to tell you about a couple of other podcasts on our podcast network, which is the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, I love these shows. These shows are soccer shows. First, there's BSI the Podcast, hosted by former and current USL and MLS players Benny Failhaber, Sal Ziso, and Ike Opara. BSI the Podcast, it's a show where our hosts call up a weekly guest to discuss soccer, current events, they share behind-the-scenes stories. And, of course, my favorite section of this is Ike's Interrogation, where they pepper their guest with uh, questions machine-gun style, uh, sometimes putting their guest in more than awkward positions. But you don't want to also miss the Shep Messing Daily Cast because two stints with the Cosmos, one of those with the great legend Pele himself, Shep, an absolute fixture and staple of um, the game, the beautiful game in America, he has a great show, Shep Messing the Daily Cast. He talks New York Red Bulls when MLS are in season. When they're not in season, like right now, he talks about U.S. soccer, the global game. Funny guy, knows a lot about the game. Very knowledgeable. Loads of great guests. Check out Shep Messing the Daily Cast. So if you're a protector of the Passaic, you're a soccer fan or any sort of a sports fan, check out BSI the podcast, the Shep Messing Daily Cast. And of course... World Soccer Radio on the Believe B L E A V podcast network, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can subscribe to them also on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, let's get back to it because before the break, I was talking to you about Manchester City, and I was telling you we were taking a look at the uh, at some stats over the last few years, and I was telling you that. What has always been the trademark of Pep Guardiola's Manchester City is their ability to score goals. Their prolific attack, uh, their, you know, they, along with, say, Liverpool, but more Man City have been the team you don't want to face. I mean, Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, you don't want to face because uh, facing them is like going through the meat grinder, at least it has been. But Pep Guardiola's team you didn't want to face because it was like getting stabbed with a stiletto. They just score a lot of goals. Now, they have conceded goals. Defensively, it's been Liverpool that has been the cornerstone, the marker, the ideal for how you win and challenge for titles. It's a strong, prolific offense, but it's that defensive prowess. Uh, guys like Virgil van Dijk and Joel Matip and and the, uh, Joe Gomez and you know what, what Liverpool have had in the back has made them 
very difficult to score against. And then, of course, you've got the front three uh, for Liverpool who could put a ball by anyone. In fact, front four, if uh, one uh, imagines that they can get some players back uh, from injury. Uh, Diogo Jota, of course, I'm talking about. <clears throat> but Man City have been getting it done defensively. So what's happened is they have had uh, injuries. They've had some players that have been out of form. They've had some players that, quite frankly, are getting a little long in the tooth. And as a result, they have not been scoring nearly at the goal pace that they've been scoring over the last few years. But what they have been doing is they have been keeping the ball out of the net. I want to tell you that in 16 matches, Manchester City have conceded 13 goals. By far the fewest amount of goals in the Premier League. The only team that comes close is Tottenham, who have conceded 16. And by the way, scored more goals than City. So you, we can ask a question about Jose Mourinho and just what the hell he's doing there. So when you look at the table, and right now Manchester United on top by three points, 36 points. I am not convinced still by Man United. Now, by saying I'm not convinced, I'm not saying that I don't think they're fully capable of winning the league, because I think they are. I think they've been on a terrific run of form. I mean, I talked about how uh, Man City haven't lost a game since, I think, the 11th of November. Well, United haven't lost a game since the 1st of November. And the 11 matches they've played since then, they have been wins all but two. So we can say, you can say what you want about United. The fact of the matter is, they've been superb. Yeah, they have one more loss on the season than Liverpool does. And yeah, they've lost to Arsenal. They've lost to Tottenham. They've lost to Palace on the opening day of the season. But it has been nothing short of superb. Say what you want about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Talk about you know, maybe his uh, lack of ex tactical managerial experience, and not obviously not as a player, but as a manager. And sometimes he's shown up to be a bit of a novice. <laughs> but, you know, it's okay. The players believe in him. They've rallied around him. Adding Cavani and Fernandez has made an enormous difference to this team. It's added those ingredients that have allowed the cake to rise. Now, do I think United, with the remaining, what do they have, 38-game season? So we've got 21 more games to go, right? Do I think that they can continue to be top of the table? I don't. Uh, I think you can look at the labored 1-0 victory away at Turf Moor against Burnley. I think you can look at eking by 2-1 against Villa at home. 1-0 against Wolves, 2-2 against, uh, you know, against uh, Leicester City. I think the problem, quite frankly, that United have is and have been goal scoring to a degree. Defensively, they're not that great. Statistically, they shouldn't be in first place, but for the fact that Liverpool have had a bad run of form. And I'm going to get to Liverpool here shortly. And by the way, bad run of form is, what, two losses on the season? I mean, other than this last loss to Southampton, uh, they lost 
7-2 to Villa. I think we could all agree that was a bit of a blip, an anomaly. Maybe they were robbed against Everton, should have had an extra point. But look, there are no excuses here. This is not an excuse game. The fact is, in 13 matches, Liverpool have won one and drawn six. And it's the draws that have really hurt them. For the same reason that two years ago, they didn't win the title because they had just too many draws. So we can look at the title race and we can start to see the things that matter when you're shooting to win the big show. And if you, may, if you, may, if you may remember, we had the Ray Roscoe Matrix on this show a few weeks ago where our listener Ray called in and said, hey, you know, what does a team have to do to win the Premier League? What's the, uh, what's, what's, the, what's the magic? And I said, it's consistency. It's the ability to score goals. It's solid defensive play. It's depth of squad. And it's a manager whose players have bought into the system and the manager. And I think if you look at all those things... That's what you see with all the clubs right now who are competing. I mean, how long has Pep Guardiola been there? He's been there a while in Man City. The players, do they believe in Pep? Let, uh, let's ask the question. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, how long has he been at United? Two years. Okay. 100 and what? 1,516 matches? Have the players bought off on him? Do they believe in him? It took a little bit of time. But yeah, I think they, I think they do. Does he have a system? Yes, he does. Does he have a set rotation? He is slowly starting to get there. And yes, it is happening. Let's look at Jurgen Klopp. What, he's coming on year six at Liverpool. Do the players buy into a system? Yes. Does he have a deep squad? Yes. Does he have ability to score goals? Yes. Does he have a, uh, does he have a style of play? Yes. So that's why he's Pep Guardiola. God knows, been there a thousand years. It feels like it. You can answer the same. Does he have a deep squad? Yes. Does he have the ability to score goals? Yes. Do the players buy into him? Yes. Uh, you know, and you can start to say that about a lot of these guys. Leicester City, for example. Brendan Rodgers has stamped his style on this team. And listen, they've scored 34 goals, uh, 31 goals, and they've only conceded... 21 goals. They've conceded the second, third fewest goals in the Premier League. Tottenham second, City first, Liverpool, Leicester, Everton, all up there. 21 goals conceded, all of those teams. Leicester City, Everton. You know, I think David Moyes may be a bit of a bit of the... Uh, um, at West Ham, I'm talking about, of course. But Everton, let's move on to Everton. I don't know why suddenly thinking about David Moyes. I'm thinking about Man United. You know, Everton, fairly new manager. Have the players bought in? I would say they're buying in. Do they have a good enough squad? Maybe. Do they have depth? Sort of. Getting there. I mean, anytime you have Ancelotti as a manager, 
you know, you want to build a system around him, right? I mean, Ancelotti's been there, what, a year? So maybe, you know, when we start talking about top four, you think in Everton, you know, that may be a stretch. Same thing with Tottenham. Jose Mourinho's not been there that long. Do the players buy into him system? I think they're getting there. Does he have a preferred first team? Sort of getting there. Are they deep enough? Probably not. So you can start to check these boxes off. And we could go down every every single team in the Premier League and, and you could say, are they contenders for the title or not, using the Ray Orozco matrix. back to the show world soccer radio we were talking uh prior to the break about the ray roscoe matrix which is uh listener ray called in and asked me uh nick what do you think that teams need to do in order to win the premier league the champions league the big trophies what do they have to have other than just money And I thought Ray asked a terrific question, and together on the show, we developed the Ray Orozco matrix. And I think you can see we're starting to apply the matrix to the Premier League today. Taking a look now, 17 matches in, United on top of the table with 36 points, Liverpool second, 33 points, City third place, but a game in hand, 32 points. So we've been asking about the matrix, and I've said you have to have a manager. So we've been looking at what makes up a successful manager in the Premier League. Longevity, a definable, discernible system of play, players that buy into his system, having a squad that is deep enough and talented enough to make it through. So those, for me, are the four biggest parts. And we've looked at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, two years on the job. Yes. Style, yes. Squad, yes. Depth, probably. Klopp, six years on the job. Yes, 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 yes. Pep, 25 million years on the job. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Brendan Rodgers at Leicester City. I want to say Brendan has been there mm, two years or three years. I'll tell you what. While we're talking, I'm going to check out how long Brendan Rodgers has been um, at the helm at Leicester City. Uh, He has been since 2019. So he's basically on his third year at Leicester City. Because I think he had all of 2019 at City and 20. Um, 83 games. So a season and a half. Okay, so Brendan Rodgers might be the outlier in that he has less tenure than other managers. But style of system, yes. Do players buy into him? Yes. Does he have deep squad? Probably too reliant on Jamie Vardy. Uh, Does he have enough talent in the squad? Uh, he has a talented squad, but do I think he have enough talent in the squad? Probably not. But we can apply that same rule to Everton with Ancelotti or Tottenham at Mourinho. They don't check off all those boxes. We can go down to Southampton. We can go down to Villa. Let's go down to the other quote-unquote big six teams or big five teams, and let's talk about Chelsea and Arsenal. It's really six, by the way. United, Liverpool, City, Arsenal, Chelsea. And Tottenham. 
<laughs> they never really used to be a big 16. Well, they bit back in the day, but that, it's all fairly new. But that's good for them. I'm always happy for them. Uh, let's ask the same thing about Frank Lampard. Does Frank Lampard have the tenure? Not really. Have the players bought into his system? What is his system? Is it defined? Is it discernible? I'm not sure. I still think he's developing it. Does he have the talent? Oh, yes, he's got a talented team. Does he have the depth? Maybe not. So I'm not sure that Lampard has what he needs at Chelsea, which, by the way, may explain why the rumors coming out via Sky Sports today was that Abramovich, who's the owner of Chelsea, in case you didn't know, is considering bringing Avram Grant, who is the former manager of Chelsea, back to assist Lampard. And I actually like that because I think in some ways it's breathing down Frank's neck a bit. Not that I think he honestly needs it, but maybe, just maybe, Avram Grant, who he played for, could give him that little bit of advice and direction that he needs. And I think it's making a statement to the Chelsea faithful that uh, Abramovich and Chelsea ownership is going to stand by Frank and give him the support that he needs. And if for some reason it doesn't get better and it doesn't work, they've done everything they can to make it work with their legend. So I think it's a very smart idea, and I think that's probably going to happen. Happen. So we'll have to watch and see. But let's get back to the Ray Roscoe matrix. So that explains Chelsea. What can you explain about Arsenal? It's, it's very difficult to explain Arsenal. But you can apply the Ray Orozco matrix to Mikel Arteta and Arsenal. I mean, he's been there about the same time as Frank Lampard has. It was about a year and a bit. He was assistant coach at Man, uh, Man City under Pep Guardiola for, what, through two or three years? Uh, does he have longevity? No. Have players bought into his system? I don't think players quite understand his system yet. Do we know what his system is as fans, as pundits? I think the answer there is no. Not yet. We're getting there, maybe. Kind of starting to understand it. And maybe that explains why Arsenal is where they are in the table. Does he have a talented squad? He has a good squad. Is it deep enough? No. So these are the boxes that you check. By the way, we can at some point apply the Ray Roscoe matrix to the relegation battle, but just applying it to these big six. And, and you can look at West Ham and you can come up with the same the same issue. You know, no no style, not enough talent, not enough depth. The manager hasn't been there long enough in David Moyes. Hasn't yet stamped his you know, in order to stamp your seal, you need the seal, right? And I think that only comes with <coughs> a, mel a mind meld, a Vulcan mind meld of uh, manager and the available assets that he has. So let's get back up to the table because I don't want to drone on about this incessantly uh, because I have been doing that and I apologize. By the way, you can find me on Twitter at Nikiba, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. 
so I said I was going to make a bold prediction, and I'm going to do that because we have a huge match coming up on the 17th of this month on this, uh, which I believe is this Sunday, is it not? Um, it is. It's the, it's at Anfield. It's Liverpool hosting United. Now, if Liverpool win this match, Liverpool and United will both have played 18 games and they will be tied on points. It's highly, if Liverpool win the match, they will be first in the table. Maybe, maybe, maybe they won't. Because, well, they would still be first in the table. Because they will be tied on points with United at 36, but they'd have better goal differential. However, I want to point out a couple of things. I want to talk about Liverpool. As good as Liverpool are, they have been built on prolific goal scoring and a stingy defense. And sometimes when the defense isn't so stingy, the prolific goal scoring's been there to make up for it. And sometimes when the goal scoring's been slower, the stingy defense has been there to make up for it. And that's kind of how it's worked for Liverpool. And that's kind of how it's done so well for them over the last few years. This season, however, these things are not in sync through a combination of uh, injuries, primarily to Matip, to Virgil van Dijk, to Joe Gomez. I mean, when you're playing Jordan Henderson uh, and Fabinho as centre-backs, uh, you know you are scraping the bottom of the barrel. Not, I mean, that they can't play the position or that they're not good players because they are terrific players, but that's not why they play. You need those players. I mean, you need Fabinho kind of in there in a holding role. You need Hendo to do the same thing, but also push up and distribute. And what we're seeing is a drop-off in scoring form for Liverpool. And, I, and I'm going to talk about specifically, forget the 7-0 thumping of Crystal Palace. I just want to look at a couple of their results since that. There was 1-1 against Fulham, middle of December. There was 2-1 against Tottenham. They had the Palace result, which was an outlier. 1-1 against West Brom, who they should have beaten 7-0. Nil-nil against Newcastle. They should have scored at least two or three goals there. And finally, losing 1-0 against Southampton at St. Mary's. They're not scoring goals when they need to. They're not defensively horrible. I mean, they've conceded one against uh, Fulham. They conceded one against Tottenham. Uh, they conceded none against Palace, one against West Brom, none against Newcastle, and one against Southampton. So, again, defensively, in the old days, those probably would have had more clean sheets, could have picked up some extra points. But in the older days, they would have had the big guns there firing. And that, my friends, that, there, therein is the problem. You either have the great defense and the big offense, vice versa, or they're both firing and you win titles. Man City, on the other hand, have had a problem scoring goals of late, but that seems to be going by the wayside. Yes, one against Southampton. They scored two against Newcastle. They scored three against uh, Chelsea. They scored one against Brighton. That was a little concerning to me. But City are on a roll. They have the big mo. They have the momentum, and defensively, their strikers might not be getting it done, but defensively, they are conceding 13 goals. 
if this keeps up, if we look at this profile going on through the rest of the season, I can tell you I will like Manchester City to win the title. And I know that is a bold statement because I'm a Liverpool supporter. But Liverpool are playing with fire. You saw that against Southampton. United seem to get lucky game after game. But, and again, no disrespect, they played great. Bruno Fernandes, a wonder to behold. And guys like McTominay really uh, have started standing up and, and, and being counted. But at the end of the day, United have not beaten the teams, the big guys, the teams that one would expect them uh, to have a massive conflagration with. We're talking about the cities. Uh, they lost to City. They drew City. They drew to Chelsea. They drew Leicester. They lost to Tottenham and Arsenal. This match on Sunday is the acid test for Manchester United. I don't think they're going to pass it. It will be a draw or it will be a loss. I don't see them beating Liverpool at Anfield. Now, I may be wrong. And do I feel as comfortable going into this match as a Liverpool supporter as I normally would? No. There's a real possibility United will win, but I don't think they will. Will they lose? I'm not sure. I might like the draw on this one. And don't forget, we're going to have a return fixture uh, in the FA Cup like the following week. But in terms of league form, I would say this. We'll see who Liverpool are able to roll out. I have heard Joao Matip might be ready to play. If he is, it'll be a huge benefit for them. If not, and they've got to play Henderson and Fabinho as centre-backs, I think you've got problems. But I like City. If they keep this up, Liverpool might trip over themselves. I don't think United are good enough for the remaining 21 games. Watch City. In terms of top four, you have to watch Tottenham Hotspur carefully. And again, they got a horrible, had a horrible result against Fulham at home today. But they have a chance for redemption at Bramall Lane on Sunday. They could get three big points. Everton have a tough game away at Villa Park. Leicester City are going to face Southampton, who just got off beating Liverpool. Although it's at the King Power, the KP. Manchester City have Crystal Palace, who Liverpool beat 7-0. Now, will Palace have another appalling showing? I don't know. All right, uh, those are my, that's my bold prediction, but I do have to boldly go to break, so I'm going to do that, and I'll be right back to wrap it up on World Soccer Radio. All right, welcome back, World Soccer Radio. Just a couple of minutes left. By the way, I'm your host, Nick Eber. Uh, find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I would be remiss if I didn't want to give you my pick for tomorrow's game uh, because, well, that's what I do. So uh, there is one match tomorrow on the cards, and that is Arsenal Palace uh, at the Emirates, and Arsenal are the favorites at minus 179, uh, Palace plus 500, I'm going to yeah, I'm gonna almost have to take Arsenal for that. I mean, they've won three in a row. They're on a roll. Palace, I just, just something about Palace, you know. They've always had a, a sort of flowing, swinging attack. Um, but I, I just haven't liked what I've seen of late for Palace. So uh, I'm going to say that Arsenal will get three points on this one. 
and with that move up to 26 points put them up along the Villas and the Chelsea although having played an extra game so that will be my choice Arsenal Palace I'm going to say take Arsenal and again bet online uh, have them at minus 179 I'll be back on the air with you uh, for more World Soccer Radio Monday through Friday 6 p.m. Pacific 9 Eastern on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM and the American Forces Network and everywhere you want to be of course because that's just the way we roll here so I will be back with you tomorrow and don't forget Friday the patented Premier League pundits preview and prognostication show I'll go through every match over the weekend including that big thunder clash between Liverpool and Man United at Anfield and the at Anfield part is the part that really should resonate when we're starting to make a match prediction there so we'll have to talk about it and I will be joined uh, by the fine folks at Bet Online to talk about it. So you definitely want to check that show out. In the meantime, check out our podcast at the Believe Podcast Network. That's B L E A V. That's the Believe Podcast Network. Please subscribe to us if you missed any part of this show. It's available right on its conclusion at our podcast network. So check us out. Until tomorrow, folks, have a great night. Enjoy the football. And I'll speak to you then. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.